0: Good morning. good morning. Thank you to the half of you that wish me good morning. On the other half, I'll pray for you. So glad that you're here today. This is a good day. It's kind of a, a day that's throwing people off a little bit because usually we start off with 20 minutes of worship and then you know kind of move towards teaching at the end. Um, today we're talking about Acts chapter two and we're talking about receiving more of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and it just makes sense to flip the worship and the teaching so that after the teaching is done, if we want to just wait on God, eagerly expect God to speak to us, talk to us, move in our midst, that we open up the altars and give God time to do that. So we're flipping things today, and we're going to have worship at the end of this gathering. So we'll still have our 15, 20 minutes to stop and honor God. We're just kind of doing it the other way, all right? Uh, I know for some of you, that's throwing you off. You're like, man, this is, you're messing with me, Pastor. I don't like this. Um, uh, everybody says they like change until you change, right? And it's not just older people that get used to set in their ways. How many know a young person who's really set in his or her ways? Yeah, it happens to all of us. So uh, thanks for flexing with us today. Um, I love today. If you don't know, today is the first official day of spring. Come on, we made it through the winter, all right? It's good. Some people think that I obsess about surviving another Western Washington winter because I'm always talking about sunshine and daylight and, you know, all that stuff coming. I don't think it's true. But spring did start at 8.33 a.m. this morning, just if you don't know, all right? I love this uh, season because spring represents new life. It really does. There's like new leaves and new buds and new flowers and new warmth and living things that went into hibernation are waking up again. And maybe that's you and maybe that's me, right, in some ways, uh, I'm not just talking about the 2001 Seattle Mariners. I mean, all of us have to wake up and come to life again, and it looks like this is the year, all right? Um, sometimes we go into rest and recovery mode, and we stay there too long. I learned this when I had back surgery when I was probably, I don't know, maybe I was 31, 32, 33. I had back surgery, and they said, be careful, but I, I stayed on my back too long, and the recovery took much longer than it should have had I gotten up and been active, and our series right now on the book of Acts is, t- is really called that. It's active faith. Uh, faith has got to be active or it's not faith at all. Amen? amen. You said amen. So that's a good start. All right. That's, that's an active thing that we're doing. So listen, uh, there's a spring to every winter, and it may look different for you in your life, but my prayer is this, that we are turning a corner, not just that it's the first day of spring. In fact, that's really kind of minor. What's really exciting is that there is a hunger and thirst for more of God and His Spirit in our lives. And I probably should just stop and ask a quick question. How hungry are you for more of the Lord and His Holy Spirit in your life? Because you're in church and you gotta be honest. And some of us might be like, I haven't actually like pursued more of God and His my, my job's kept me too busy. My kids are driving me nuts. My health has been bad. Well, I've been praying for things, but listen, just a clear question: how hungry are you for more of God? Um, when there's an opportunity to press into God. Take that opportunity. Lean in. In this gathering today, you can turn and kneel in your chair at the end of the gathering. You can come to the altar. Press into God. How hungry are you for more of God and his spirit in your life? Um, Today, um, I hope that your faith comes alive because Jesus makes all things new. Now, we're a Bible-believing church. And uh, some churches are really just, you know, like the Bible is a nice framework to try to kind of you know, make a border for your life, but it's really not like the inspired true word of God. And I just have to be really, really clear with anybody who's a guest or new. Like, we believe the Bible is the inerrant, inspired, true word of God. And we're going to preach it and live it. And there's going to be parts where we're going to go, I don't know what to do with this. This is part I'm wrestling with. This is part I'm struggling with. I always laugh at uh, the scripture because I'm teaching through a book. And then it's like Jesus says, and then there'll be weeping and gnashing and teeth in hell. And I'm like, God, can I skip this one? You know, culture's not going to like this one. Um, And this today, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you today, like for me, it's kind of exciting to say, God, we're not just trying to be nice citizens and be good people. And try like we're really trying to apply the Bible to our lives. Like that makes you kind of radical. How many think that God speaks to you? Yep. Church full of weirdos. Right. That's it is Right there. Because literally, like a lot of my friends who who are not uh, people who follow Jesus, they think, man, if you think God speaks to you, you're a little bit crazy. And I always tell them, then I'm okay being a little bit crazy because I want God to speak to me. Like normal in this world isn't working. Watch the news. normal's not working. So how about we go back to the tried and true ways of God and follow him and see if that works. And I think it does. So today we are very Bible-based as we talk about the Holy Spirit in our lives. I just want to make it so clear that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to his followers. And sometimes we get people who believe in God, the Father. We get people who are excited about Jesus, the Son, the Savior. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Empower, we kind of go, I don't know about that one. Like, I'm not sure, like, like, you know, there's people who honestly are trying to follow God and they don't have the Holy Spirit, the empower or the teacher or the comforter or the counselor. When you say, I don't really need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. Let me be really clear. You are rejecting Jesus and his gift to you. Like, I don't know how to be more clear. Like, Jesus says, listen, you need to wait for the promise, and I'm going to send you the Spirit, and the Spirit's going to strengthen you and guide you and counsel you and and comfort you and be with you, and you're going to keep in step with the Spirit. You're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. And be like, you know, God, I just want to accept Jesus, raise my hand, and then go live my life. No, we wanted more of the Holy Spirit in our lives and so I'm challenging you today to be that person who's asking God for more of His Spirit in your life. Uh, today we're talking about the arrival of the Holy Spirit, specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says uh, in the New Testament uh, more than uh, several times that speaking in tongues is a gift of the Spirit. Listen, I believe that, the, that tongues is a gift. Obviously tongues and interpretation is very clear uh, gift uh, of the Spirit. But I believe there is a grace of God that is that time where you press in and you pray and you receive uh, a, a heavenly prayer prayer language, or a personal time with God. I think Paul really clearly says that. And we're going to get to that in the scripture today. So um, I understand this. Some people grew up in a church and they were like, hey, when we get to that part, we don't believe in it. I understand that. And I'm not telling you today you have to believe anything you don't want to believe. I couldn't make you do that anyways. You get to be yourself. You get to walk with God, however, fast or slowly. Ask lots of questions. This text today that we're getting to, we're not jumping over it um, some of us may ask questions longer. And asking good questions means you're probably going to learn more than other people. So it's okay to wrestle with Scripture and, 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 and uh, as we walk through it together as a church. Um, I want to remind you of this. Sometimes when, uh, when, when I say uh, uh, praying a prayer language or, or speaking in another language or speaking in tongues, some of you kind of freak out a little bit. Like if I said, hey, I pray in tongues, some of you think I, I said something different. This is what some of you would hear. Hey, after the gathering, we're all going to shave our heads, and the spaceship's going to arrive outside the lobby, and it's going to take us away, right? Because just that's your background, right? And I understand that. So I'm asking you to just keep an open heart, open spirit, and most importantly, just say, Lord, I want more of your spirit in my life in all ways. Um, let me just say this, and then we'll pray. Um, I believe in an anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray and ask for it all the time. Someone came out to me between services and just prayed that anointing and spoke that over me. Um, You'll often find churches like ours saying, We want the presence of God and the power of God and the anointing of the Spirit. I know those are kind of mystical words. What is the anointing? What is the presence? Well, when they're not there, you usually kind of notice that. Uh, We don't want man's wisdom. We don't just want to go, Hey, you know, we sang some songs you read from the Bible and it's all good. We want the power of God in our midst. And um, I just want God to speak to you, speak to me, challenge us, direct us. I want to worship him, honor him. And I want to leave every church gathering recharged and refueled stronger than when I came in. Amen? So uh, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, for everybody online in their living room or wherever they're watching, God, for everybody here in this gathering, Lord, help us to... um, rightly understand your scripture, your word. God, teach us and speak to us. Lord, help us to be humble. Help us to have your heart um, in our hearts. God, I just pray that we wouldn't miss anything you have for us. I do ask for anointing. I do ask, God, for your presence. Lord, Jesus, you said, for him who has ears to hear. And I know there's many, many distractions today. But I pray that every man, woman, child young person would have ears to hear what you would say to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last week, if you weren't here, we talked about how Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote it to a man named Theophilus, a wealthy believer. And then we have the book of Acts, and and in the book of Acts, it starts with Luke saying, in my former book, Theophilus. And so most uh, Christian theologians believe that this is a secondary work. The first one was the Gospel about Jesus' life and ministry. The second one is about the Acts of the Apostles. I think it's better to call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the men and women of God, because it's the Holy Spirit, not the men and women of God, that has the power. So Luke has a charismatic or Pentecostal theology, say what you want. Um, He talks a a lot about the Spirit of God uh, at work in the people of God. And Jesus told his listeners to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Churches that are really excited about the Holy Spirit like ours, they're often sometimes called charismatic. Have you ever heard that term, charismatic? This word charisma that we get from charismatic. I often sometimes wonder, we don't often explain this, but a lot of times people in our church are raising their hands during worship. And if you're new or you're new to a church like ours, you're like, man, that guy has a lot of questions. He just keeps raising his hand the whole service. And we don't do a good job of stopping and saying, hey, why do we do that? I mean, the Bible talks about stretching your hands towards heaven or raising your hands. But, you know, honestly, I think when you raise your hands, you kind of say, you're bigger than me. Like a little kid to a parent, pick me up. Um, I, I, I recognize that you're bigger and I honor you. Um, if you're getting arrested at gunpoint, you're raising both of your hands. Okay, that's probably not the right, right illustration, right? But it just says, hey, I submit, I want your help. And so, and sometimes in our gatherings, we just just glorify and honor God uh, in charismatic churches by raising your hands. It often means that they believe in healing still. They believe in tongues and prophecy uh, still in the church. Um, The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. And before Jesus ascended, after he uh, was crucified and rose from the dead, Acts chapter one, verse eight, hopefully we have it on the screen. We got it. Awesome, you guys are incredible. Um, It says this, Jesus said, but you'll receive, this is the key word, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and and throughout Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's not so you can feel good about yourself. It's not so you can laugh and have joy. It's not so you can have a spiritual high. It's so you have the power of God in your life. Right, God the Father is the Creator. Jesus is the Savior, and the Holy Spirit is the empower. And I need more of the Holy Spirit's power in my life, and so do you. So Jesus made it clear that the Holy Spirit is the power, gives you power to live for Him. In fact, the, the Old Testament says it: not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit. It's the power of God, the Spirit of God, that enables you to be who God's created you to be. In this world today, do you need more of God's Spirit or less uh, to live for Him? Think about the world you're living in. You know, at times, are getting crazy. I just need less of the Holy Spirit, and then things will be better in my life. <laughs> no, I'm pressing in for more of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, uh, Jesus also said these words, which are so important, um, verses 4 and 5. Uh, Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, "'Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised.'" As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized, or immersed, is the word, in the Holy Spirit. You'll be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Just as John baptized people in water, you're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit in your lives. Incredible. You'll be immersed in the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the promise of Jesus to his followers, promise of Jesus to his followers. So here we go. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. This is what it says. On the day of Pentecost, which is the festival that starts 50 days after Passover, uh, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. "'At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. "'And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, "'and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. "'They were completely amazed. "'How can this be?' they exclaimed. "'These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages.' Here we are, Parthians, Medes, and Lamites, and I'm not going to go through all those because I will mess them up, all right? And we all hear them speaking, the people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. What are they speaking about? The wonderful things that God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But the crowd uh, ridiculed them. Others in the crowd ridiculed them saying they're just drunk. That's all. And Peter says, listen, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's drunk here. By the way, you're not supposed to get drunk any time of the day, okay? Let's just make that clear today. A move of God, the Spirit of God moving in a powerful way, the arrival of the Holy Spirit was happening. Let me just take a moment to maybe say this. I felt like God speak to me recently and say, when when Jesus arrived, the world came alive. And when the Holy Spirit arrived, the world was set aflame. The comforter, the counselor, the one who brings these gifts, uh, showed up in power. Verse 4 says, All of them are filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. I've, I've always thought it's so interesting. Uh, verse I think it's verse 11. It says, We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. I began praying in tongues when I was younger. I I wasn't, I was probably a teenager. I didn't go to a camp. I didn't go to a mission trip. I wasn't at a gathering. It was alone in my room. And I think sometimes God knows who you are, and he uh, ministers to you through your personality and who you are. Some of us are just kind of, I'm putting the e-brake on God. If you want to do something, you're going to have to force feed it on me, right? And God knows our personalities. And so I'm a journaler. I'm a processor. And so I was alone in my room, and I began to to pray out in a, in a, a language that I didn't know. And it was powerful in my life. And sometimes I will worship in gatherings in this church. In fact, most Sundays as I'm praying or worshiping God, I will find myself praying out in a tongue that I don't understand. And what I feel is happening in that moment is the English language is too limited to declare the wonders of God. How in the world is the English language going to possibly declare the wonders of this incredible God that we we serve? Uh, We hear them declaring the wonders of God, and they were amazed and perplexed, asking, what does this mean? Sometimes I hesitate to share it, but one time an evil spirit was present through a person, and I was praying in tongues across the room, and um, the evil spirit despised and hated uh, that and It was pretty awesome. In fact, um, you know, I'm one of those guys that it's funny that I'm a pastor because I don't want to do anything that's weird. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, God, if I'm, I'm that religious friend, you know, I tell people all the time, like, if you need a religious friend, I'll be that guy. I believe God speaks to people today. I believe God heals today. You know, I believe God speaks prophetic words over people. And, you know, I believe in praying next to the green beans in this grocery store. So, I, I, you know, I'll just tell my friends, I'm your weird religious guy. And, and maybe you're somebody's weird religious friend, too. And I'm okay with that. Um, but when I was a teenager, I brought a friend to church. And uh, she came to church with me, and it was a Sunday night service, a little bit more raucous, more altar time. And I I remember thinking this, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're new here today to faith, or maybe you, you know what I'm talking about. But I said, God, I just pray that nothing weird happens at church tonight. You know, I'm bringing this friend, God, and it'd be really great if it was just really just don't, don't let anybody come up to her and try to tell her, you know, they have a word from God for her or or don't let the pastor call everybody to the altar or God forbid somebody speaks in tongues or anything like that. Don't let that happen tonight. Okay. Me and you. And we get to the end of the service. The whole service happens. There's like two minutes left. And somebody just just goes off in the service in, in a, in a, speaking in tongues, which is a, clearly a gift in the scripture, tongues and interpretation. And I'm going, oh, man, this is, this is going to be weird. This is going to be crazy. And afterwards, she comes up to me and she goes, what was that? And I'm like, oh, gosh. She goes, what was that? She says, that was so cool. As I that, you know, when that person spoke out in that kind of language you didn't understand, then somebody else, like, interpreted it. She goes, yeah, that was amazing. I said, it was? She said, yeah. I said, well, we call that speaking in tongues at our church, you know, <laughs> right? And what's interesting is the Bible says that tongues is a sign for the unbeliever. And it certainly was that very day. Incredible, the move of God in our midst and so um, when Jesus promised the Holy Spirit and when it arrived, somebody had to bring some explanation. I feel like God is constantly telling me, don't explain me, don't defend me, be a pastor, all that stuff. But um, the Holy Spirit doesn't really need like, to be uncaged, unleashed, to be explained all the time. I think the Holy Spirit's pretty powerful in himself. And so um, but Peter does stop. And whenever he thinks, what, what's wrong with these people? Verse 14, Peter stopped and he stepped forward. Uh, with the other 11 uh, apostles. And he shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as you support, suppose or you are assuming. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's too early for that. And then the fisherman quotes from uh, Joel's prophetic book of the Bible that we have in Joel. And he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon some people. No, it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And and your old men will dream dreams. Now some of you here, you're just like, come on, bring it, pastor, I'm ready. Others you are like, whoa, I don't know about that, right? I'm a little nervous about both of you to tell you the truth, okay? And, uh, and it says, in these days I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy and, and wonders from heaven. And you just kind of wonder, how does Peter know this? Like how does this fisherman who's just disowned Jesus like three times, how is he this great scholar? How does he have this wisdom and discernment from God? It seems that when the Holy Spirit comes upon this man, that he has some abilities, some understanding that he should not have in the natural, in his human spirits. And wouldn't it be cool if somebody looked at you and said, how do you know? How do you have this knowledge? How do you have this wisdom? How do you have this discernment? How do you have this understanding? And wouldn't it be amazing if it wasn't you, but it was the Holy Spirit in you? I think that's incredible. Holy Spirit, come into my life and show me things. and Give me discernment and understanding. Peter says in verse 16, this is what was spoken about through the prophet Joel. I'm recognizing what's happening in this very moment. And he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Peter tells his Jewish brothers and sisters, he begins as the crowd gathers at the arrival, this very unique moment of the Holy Spirit, the crowd gathers. And what's amazing about this is Peter tells his Jewish brothers and sisters that the one that they had rejected, Jesus, is the Christ, the Son of God. That's not a message that's going to go over really well with people who just crucified the Savior, right? He actually looks at his brothers and sisters and says, you know, the one we've all been waiting for, the Old Testament Scripture pointed to the Messiah? Yeah, he came. You crucified him, so you need to repent of your sins, and then you too can receive the Holy Spirit the Father has promised. Now, I don't know about you, but if you just tell somebody something that they kind of did something really foolish that the hope and the promise, and they were waiting for a deliverer, and they were waiting for a military king and all of that. They weren't expecting a carpenter's son, so it would give them a ton of grace, right? And I don't know if you were alive then, what you would have done. But Peter says, listen, the Messiah came, and you killed him. You hung him on a tree. You crucified the one we've all been waiting for. That message is not going to land well without the Spirit's help. But it says this, Peter says, verse 36, Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. In verse 37, when the people heard this, they wanted to stone Peter. They wanted to crucify him upside down. No, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? The message came forward with an anointing from the Spirit, not when the fisherman's knowledge or rage. I hope that your words, wherever you are, that there is an anointing to your words. And instead of you being like everybody else who has an argument and people respond, that you have a way with your words, that the Holy Spirit actually helps you find the right words, the right attitude, the right tone. And when you speak, there's anointing to your words because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me be clear, if I haven't said it before, when we receive the Lord in our lives, we receive the Holy Spirit. When we receive God, when we decide, I'm gonna, I want God in my life, we receive the Holy Spirit. I just believe that there is a, a second filling, and then I would say probably a refilling and a filling after that, because we need the Holy Spirit more in our lives, and we ask for more of that. The people actually said, what should we do? And Peter replies, verse 38 Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is what's interesting. Peter says, Listen, this promise, this promise is for you and your children, and for all who are uh, far off. Everybody who's far off, everybody in this room today, you're far off, because you're 2,000 years later. So Peter says, This promise isn't for the 12, it's not for the 120. It's not for the 3,000 that are going to give their lives to Christ because of this anointed message. It's for all. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom uh, the Lord our God will call. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. The promise is for everyone, not some people. Not for religious people, not for people who stand on platforms, not for people who are super excited, overzealous. The promise is for everyone. For the introverts among us, for the quiet among us. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number. They went from 120 uh, to uh, adding uh, 3,000 in one day. You know what? That's going to really upset the apple cart of the church. When there's 120 people, we kind of know each other, we're close friends, and all of a sudden 3,000 are added. That changes things. Do you know that? And sometimes in church we go, man, there's a bunch of new people coming in, and they got issues and problems, and they stand outside and smoke. And they got... and we, this, is just, this is just not working, when the church actually accomplishes its mission, sometimes people in the church get upset about it. Have you noticed that? My favorite story is a pastor in Colorado. He told the story. He said, uh, hey, in our city, God was moving in our city, and the stripper came to Jesus. And she'd been an exotic dancer, and uh, she just figured, hey, I can pay my way through college. And she came to church, and she finds Christ, and she's super excited about it. She's still got her job. She's figuring out what to do. And she says, pastor, I need to get baptized. And he said, "Awesome!" And so they 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 planned their baptism. And so she came to get baptized. Her name was Nikki, and uh, Nikki said, "Hey, I'm bringing all my friends from work." <laughs> Nikki's friends were bouncers, bartenders, and strippers, and they all came to church. So he says, "This is a true story." He says, "As Nikki and all of her friends paraded down the front aisle, women were like covering their husbands' eyes, like this, you know, just like, you know, he he, he could kind of tell some of the r- regulars and some of the not so regulars in our churches. God was moving." And I just think it's such an incredible story. But then this is what happened. Uh, This this woman came up to the pastor on Sunday morning. God is moving. People are are coming to Christ. They're repenting of their sins. And this woman comes up and shakes her little finger. This older woman shakes her finger in the pastor's face. She says, you're ruining our church. Pastor, you are ruining our church. We like the 120 who all shared the same values and understood things. And now there's a bunch of new people. And you're accomplishing the mission of God in the Bible. And it's ruining our church. And what would you do? If you saw somebody speaking that, you know, in the lobby here. And and a lot of times, large churches, those pastors are in the back somewhere between services. He happened to be out there. He actually sat down with her. And he said, let's sit down and talk, because she'd been like a matriarch in the church when the church was small. And the wisdom in the moment, I love this story. He said, she just began to rail on me between services of how these people are ruining our church. And instead of defending the move of God and the Spirit of God moving in their church, He looked at this little old woman who loved God and he said, What do you think we should do? And she paused for a minute after she was able to get all of her words out. And she looked down for a moment. She looked back up at the pastor and she said, Well, I guess we're just gonna have to love them. (laughs) And it was done. It was over. I'm sure glad that when I had a lot of rough edges and still do that people love me, aren't you? What are we going to do with our pastor? I guess we're just going to have to love him, right? (laughs) What are we going to do with you? We're just going to have to love you. And what are we going to do with the move of God in our city? We're just going to love everybody. Wow. All right. Let me give you four important tips um, or truths as we walk through this, and you can write these down. Uh, Before I do so, let me just say one statement I think is so important for us to know. If the Holy Spirit is water, then I want to be a sponge. Just think about that for a moment. If the Holy Spirit is water, then I want to be a sponge. I want as much of God and His Spirit as I can have. So let me give you a few things here real quick. Number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today. I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today. Um, Some have argued, well, that was just, you know, uh, something that happened in Bible times and only in Bible times. Uh, The miracles of tongues and prophecies and massive moves of God um, that brought many people to Christ, those were for those days only. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Why does it say these things? The reality is this this passage is talking about the kingdom of heaven. Paul is saying, Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We're not going to need prophecies and tongues uh, and words of knowledge in heaven because we're going to be in heaven where the understanding is, where God's presence is and not unveiled. God's gifts are not past tense. I want to encourage you, seek God's gifts in your life. Some of us, we cross our arms, we kind of say, Hey, no, not happening in my life. Um, When the Bible says eagerly uh, pray for the gifts, I always say, God, you want to give me the gift of healing? I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I love to walk through hospitals like you and you and you and you. Wouldn't that be fun? You know, I'm just, I prayed for a couple people and had dramatic healings, but not a lot, but I'm still believing. So we want God's gifts in our lives. I want to encourage you instead to say something like this, Spirit of God, I don't understand everything and all that you are. You are mysterious, you are deep, you are powerful, but if you are God's gift to me and Jesus says that you are, then I want the fullness of the Spirit in my life. I want to be immersed in the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you uh, speak in tongues or don't speak in tongues, some of my heroes in my faith never spoke in tongues. That's, that's, not, that's not what we're after. We're after the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, Every church that believes in the fullness of the Spirit, that God wants to move and speak powerfully uh, through their church or through, through the gatherings. Listen, the Father sent the Son, the Son sent the Spirit, and I have an immense respect for the Holy Spirit. I have immense respect. It's not like there's God the Father, there's Jesus, and we love Jesus, and the Jesus sends the Spirit, and we don't know what to do with that. I, 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 we can't be that way. We can't disrespect the Holy Spirit. I will not apologize for the Holy Spirit. And one of my friends said something recently It shook me. He said, You know, um, I've been convicted recently because um, when I'm talking to my friends who don't have a history with the Holy Spirit, he said, I say something like this. I found myself saying, This is my friend, the Holy Spirit. He's a little weird, but he's nice when you get to know him. And I'm thinking, That's the promise of God, the Spirit of God for our lives. I'm not going to apologize for the Holy Spirit and his power. I don't ever want that to be true of me. I want to say this is the Holy Spirit. He's powerful. He's real. He can comfort you. He can guide you. He can teach you. He can lead you. He can strengthen you. He can help your marriage. Man, he can help you at work. When you're falling down the same temptations every day, the Holy Spirit can come in your life and give you that ability to get over that hurdle. I never want to apologize for the Spirit of God. Now I'll apologize to weird people in church. I'm probably be doing that the rest of my life. Most of this section over here. No, just kidding. <laughs> But really, the Holy Spirit is for today. Number two, the most common evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Um, if you read the book of Acts, there's five times it says really clear that they, that they were filled or baptized of the Holy Spirit. The most common evidence was that they uh, spoke in tongues. Sometimes it says they spoke the word of God boldly. Sometimes it said they worshiped the Lord. Uh, but the most common one was that they uh, spoke in tongues. That doesn't have to be your conclusion. I like what Jack Hayford says. Um, that tongues or a heavenly language should be expected, but we don't say that, we can't define that every single time. I just know I want God's presence and his spirit in my life. I love Acts chapter 10. It's Cornelius, the Roman centurion. And this is so funny because the disciples, like, like Jesus came and spoke life over them. They received the Holy Spirit. They go out. They can't be stopped. They're persecuted. They they can't be stopped. And they end up at this house of this Roman centurion. um, And he invites them in. And all these Gentiles, like, in their house. They're not even supposed to be in the house because they're religious people and those are the bad guys. And they go in their house. And his whole family says, we want to accept Jesus and repent of our sins. And then before things go further, they begin being baptized, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And the disciples are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. You haven't been baptized in water yet. Don't do this out of order now. It's not the way it happened for us. And God just moves and his spirit uh, touches those people in, in Cornelius' house. They receive power from the Lord. And we don't make a judgment on how God moves in that, in that way. Um, Number four is this, tongues is both a gift to the church and a a personal prayer language. There's probably several reasons why I would define that, and it's okay if you uh, believe differently. But the Apostle Paul said something like this, Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, right, Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues or I pray in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others uh, than 10,000 words in a tongue. The Bible is actually clear that tongues is scriptural, it's a benefit. And what the benefit is, is that the Bible says it edifies the believer. It builds up the church body, and in a prayer language, it builds you up. Um, Ephesians 6 talks about the whole armor of God, and everybody goes, oh yeah, the sword of the Spirit and the shield and all this stuff. But uh, Ephesians 6 also says this, praying always in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Jude 20, praying in the Holy Spirit, it builds you up. It builds you up. Some people say, well, how do I know? Does God just force himself on me, or do I have a part to play in that? Listen, every one of God's gifts, there's a part that God plays and you play. If you have a gift of giving, anybody have a gift of giving? Everybody's like, I'm not telling the pastor that. Okay, like, yeah, okay. But do you know that, like, when you have the gift of giving, if you walk past the offering container, like, your wallet doesn't jump out of your pocket and land in the offering container. There's a part of that that you participate in. If you have the gift of teaching, There's a responsibility, a part that you play in any of the gifts, and it's true here as well. So today, I want to leave time for the Holy Spirit to minister in our midst. I want to give opportunity for us to stand. Some will come forward to the altar, and um, if you're just here today, and you're like, I just need more of God's help in my life, more of God's Spirit in my life. Maybe you're here, and you're like, no, I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and if God has a gift for me, I want to receive that. Maybe you need comfort, you need counsel, you need discernment, wisdom, direction. Maybe you're lacking some of the joy of the Lord or the patience of the Holy Spirit, those gifts of the Spirit in your life. We're going to go to God and we're going to worship because we're flipping the service, but we're also going to wait eagerly on God's presence and His Spirit. Some of you today, you are hungry for more of God. And you're in a great place. This is a great first day of spring just to say, Lord, come into my life and do something brand new. Jesus, you make all things new. Jesus, you promised the Holy Spirit, and I want to make sure that you know whatever you want to do in my life, I want more of your Spirit. So can we stand where we are uh, live here today? If you're at home, you figure out how you want to press into God, and I'm going to probably stretch some of you if you're willing to let me stretch you. I want to ask for just a moment that we would uh, pursue God I'm going to ask the worship team maybe they'll just kind of lift the instruments so that you can lift your voice out loud what I've noticed is if we can't hear ourselves or the person to our right or our left we will actually confess and speak out uh, the greatness of God um, because we're worried about people around us but we don't worry about that the room rises with praise for God and it's beautiful and so I'm going to challenge you in just a moment to actually out loud just praise and honor God and just tell God how great he is. I'm also going to challenge you a little bit and ask you if you would stretch out your hands towards heaven. And some of you are like, Pastor, I don't talk out loud, and I certainly don't raise my hands. I'm not going to tell you anything you have to do, but I just think there's something good when we allow God to stretch us. And we really pray out loud, and we join with other believers together. And then after we do that, we will invite you to come to the front if you want to turn and kneel, if you want just to worship where you are. But uh, we want to press into God. So could, could we do that right now? Could we just stretch out our hands to heaven and close our eyes? Because, God, we need more of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We need you in our lives. We're hungry for you in our lives. God, we don't want to just go to church and call it good. God, we, we, wanna, we wanna believe and we wanna walk with you. And Lord, some of us today, God, we don't have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. God, we've just gotten used to the way things are. And Lord, today, we pray, God, that you wouldn't need permission to move, but that, God, that you would move in our midst. And God, you'd bring healing and you'd bring wholeness. And God, you'd speak a word to us and you would challenge us because you are the living God. And Jesus, if you promise us the Spirit, then we want all of the Spirit that we can possibly get. Jesus, when you went to Peter and said that he would wash your feet, and he said, no way. He said, listen, if you don't wash my feet, then you don't have no part in me. And then Peter says, God... Jesus, watch all of me. Just I want all of you, I want as much as you as I can have. And Lord, today we want as much of your spirit, as much of your presence as we can possibly have. Lord, some of us are running up against a wall and I pray today would be a day of breakthrough in our lives. So God, we worship you, we honor you, we seek your face and we need you in our lives. Lord, if we came in this place not hungry for more of your presence, satisfied with the way things are on earth, then God, change our hearts and minister to us, God. Listen, if you're here today and you want to just press into God, I'm going to invite you just right where you are just to come out of your seat and just come to find a place to pray at the front. If you want to kneel where you are, that's okay too. Come on, some of you are here today. Just make your way out of your seat. Just say, I'm just so hungry for God. I don't care about the person, my right or my left. I'm going down front to worship, to pray, and press into God. That's you. You come. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. You can do what you want to do. Come on, let's press in. Let's press in. some of you your jobs move so fast your life moves so fast if you don't slow down and strengthen yourself like this things are going to end up in a bloody mess and i think god would say to you today slow down and spend time in my presence in gatherings like this but also on your own somebody's here today and you feel like you have defiled yourself with impurity in such a way that you despise yourself right now. And the Lord wants to, respond, wants to remind you there is no condemnation. Hear the word. God doesn't condemn you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You can be forgiven and start over. Don't hate yourself. some of you today kind of going, I don't know if I really need more of the Holy Spirit. I think maybe you've forgotten that God has more that he wants you to do. This is what you've done so far in your life. He has more for you. And the more that he wants you to do is going to take more of his spirit. That's why you need more of him. So Lord, in this gathering, we pray, God, just your wisdom, discernment, your word, your understanding. God, we rest in you because the scripture says so clearly that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And some of us, God, spiritually, we just don't feel strong. In fact, God, we don't feel strong in any way. But, Lord, today we are strengthened emotionally, physically, and spiritually, God, in your presence. God, today the words that you've spoken, the, God, the discernment that you've given, the understanding that we are walking in. And Lord, the desire for more of you is so present, so real. God, if other people want to coast spiritually in our lives, that's up to them. But Lord, for ourselves, we refuse to coast. We want to accelerate and receive more from you because there's more that you want to do in our lives. Jesus, you came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And Lord, thank you for saving me. Lord, use me to spread lights and love to others. God, thank you for your presence, your anointing, your power in this place. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to stick around and just spend some time in God's presence, I'm going to ask you if we can keep the lights kind of low. Uh, if you're ready to slip out, go ahead and slip out. If you've got kids that are downstairs, you need to be aware of that and slip out. But if you want to just maybe spend just a few more minutes in prayer, uh, that's available for you as well. All right. Thanks.